0: Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Racing Pod Blast with me, Tony McCormick, and Ben Aiken from Narrowing the Field. Welcome along, everyone. Welcome along, Ben. Today we are covering racing from England and Ireland in this week's Pod Blast, with part one of the pod covering the two races from Haydock's Saturday card. Uh, and then we head to our usual hunting ground of the Scottish Leagues for our top, middle and bottom football, Trixie, with the first visit to the Scottish Premiership on the cards for us this week. Then we close out the pod with a trip over the Irish safe coverage of their first classic of the season, the Irish 2,000 Guineas. But we, uh, we start... Uh, with the Silver Bowl Handicap due off at 2.25 on Saturday. 11 runners set to go to post over the one-mile trip. Ben, can you start us off uh, with the Silver Bowl, please?
1: I can, Tony. A decent pot to shoot for here in the the Silver Bowl Handicap. Not one I'd be overly interested in from a a race trends perspective. Some interesting runners set to line up all the same, though. I'd be looking at a short list for the Silver Bowl of... Covey, Royal Cape, Defence of Fort, and James McHenry. I think I went to school with somebody called James McHenry. So, um, <laughs> probably not the same one though. So. Covey uh, didn't actually make his race course debut until April this year. Uh, the Gosdens relatively quickly got three runs into him to get a handicap mark on the board. Now, he won his last two of those starts, of them Pretty easily off the front as well. Probably won't get an uncontested lead here, though, so with Stormbuster and Kilibeg's Warrior in the field. So interesting to see if Frankie will ride him in this one. In truth, I'm not sure Kobe's not all that easy to assess, um, not all that easy to weigh up his form, although I do get why he's near the head of the market. Royal Cape, he also comes here off only the three starts and also a wide margin win. He won by 10 lengths at Windsor last time out. Now that was on soft ground, so I need to try and replicate that on the likely good to firm ground. Not a negative, of course, just an unknown. We're not sure how he'll... Really cool that until he runs on it. Now, William Buick gets the leg up for the first time on Royal Cape, and that does catch the eye. When he rides for Hughie Morrison in races restricted to three-year-olds over a mile or further, and on horses that have had at least three career starts, he's seven wins in two places from 16 rides. 44% win strike rate, 56% win a place, right? So the Buick and the Buick get, that does catch the eye on Royal Cape, a defensive four, like the, the two I've just mentioned. He also comes here after only three runs. Uh, he won an, uh, an ascot novice very impressively in debut last season, but you didn't find Group 3 company beyond him on his two starts. Possibly also didn't handle heavy ground in the Horace Hill stakes on his final start. It uh, is a return to good form. I think that should be a positive for him. And he also comes here um, a bit lighter because he's been gelded in the offseason. season. Um, his trainer, Peter Hyam, he's got some decent, of the limited stats, uh, with his first time gelding since 2014. Especially those aged three or older, running between March to September. Uh, with those types, he has six wins and four places from 20 qualifiers. You look at those types in handicaps, he's five winners and two places from 12 runners. So, certainly positives for defence of Fort there. Uh, and if quick ground is the key, and I think it might just be then. I can see him running a big race. Defence for I think he's, regardless of if he wins this the silver bowl, I think he's one of those that's interesting going forward. Uh, the other on my short list, James McHenry. Each one is two starts already this season, both in handicaps over a mile, both with Calum Rodriguez riding, who keeps right ride here. Now, when Rodriguez teams up with Ed Beth on handicaps, the pair have a 35% win strike rate and a 61% win a play strike rate. So, some notable stats to go to war with there. It, Ed Bethel himself, he's got a 27% win strike rate and a 60% win and play strike rate in handicaps at Haydock. So, James McHenry, definitely in my thoughts, and of that lot on the shortlist, I think I'll be siding with Royal Cape and James McHenry, and it's a tricky enough race to pull apart the silver bowl, but Royal Cape and James McHenry for me. Tony, what have you got?
0: Yeah, he's on my very much in uh, my eye line as well, James McHenry. He's very interesting. Uh, from the market leaders, Ben, I like the chances of Gincident over the favourite uh, Covey for trainer John and Thady Gosden and uh, the amount of... Uh, uh, Frankie Dettori here, beat boxer, won this in 2019 for John O'Thier. He goes in at twenty to one, so he, he landed a, a double-figure price shock there. Uh, the cut-eye glory called Incident was impressive when winning a Musselburgh three-year-old handicap last month off a seven-pound lower mark. Uh, he, he shaped well there and won well at Musselburgh. James McHenry is uh, very interesting. He can get a decent pull into the race. I think you mentioned that uh, by a couple of early front runners in Stormbuster. And uh, Killybegg's Warrior they'll they'll go off in front possibly tomorrow, uh, and winner of his last couple of races, James McHenry at Ripon and over course and distance early this month of a seven pound low mark beating eight rivals as the nine to four favourite looks a decent each way possibility as well, James McHenry at the moment, and uh, of those two front runners, Ben Beggs Warrior was thought good enough to um, run in the Dante. Uh, at York early this month despite his 100 to 1 SP the uh, the colt was only beaten 5 and a quarter lengths in the group 2 contest and I think he can go well here uh, from the front and with a couple of firms paying four places his price looks a little big here on uh, on Friday morning so uh, so I'll be uh, possibly paying Killy Beggs Warrior H Ware with a firm paying four places, but uh James McHenry, incident for the win possibly, and uh James McHenry at an H Ware price in the uh in the silver bowl off at two twenty-five. Moving on to the three thirty at Haydock, the Temple Stakes, group two, over five furlongs, fast and furious going here, Ben.
1: Yeah, a couple of interesting race trends to consider for the, the group two. Fourteen. I'm only looking at the last fourteen. So the last fourteen Temple Stakes have been run at Haydock. At fourteen of the last 14 winners have recorded a top two finish on one of their last three UK or Irish starts, and fourteen of the last fourteen recorded their last win in a Class One non-handicap race. Thirteen of the last fourteen winners were rated 107 or higher. Now, I've come down on a short list of Royal Acclaim, Dramatised, Mitbahi, and Twilight. Calls. Now Royal Acclaim she was pitched into the Nunthorpe last season after winning her first three starts. She started as a five to two favourite there. Finished sixth. But she was done by the draw that day, I think. The uh, first three home were all drawn in double figures and she had to break from stall two, so it was a plenty better effort than the bear result suggests. She holds plenty of group one entries going forward for Miss, but she should be sharp enough here on seasonal debut as she's won first time up both previous seasons. Seasonal debut runs. James Tate, trainer James Tate also has his horses ready to fire right off the bat of the season. A seasonal debutants returning 11 wins from 34 and a further 4 in the places. It's a 32% win strike rate and a 44% win in place strike rate. And I do actually think Royal Claim could well have quite a big season ahead, especially when she gets decent ground. Now, I think the soft ground she met with on her final start last season, at long shot, blunted her power. So Royal acclaim definitely is at the forefront of my thoughts. Uh, Twilight calls, another from my shortlist. I think it was almost certainly done by the softening ground in the past. House stakes last time out, and probably also by the draw. He'll be better suited to this quicker ground. And if you look at him on good or quicker, on flat and slightly undulating tracks, and fields of no more than 16 runners, he's three wins and four places from eight starts. In fact, only once in those eight starts as you finish outside of the first two. So assuming there's no unexpected rain in Haydock, Twilight Calls will have his prime conditions on Saturday and Twilight Calls, along with Royal Acclaim, I think they'd be the two that interest me the most in the Temple Stakes. Tony, what have you got for us?
0: Yeah, Royal Acclaim makes my uh, shortlist, Ben, but uh, I'm very much on the side of Platinum Queen here. Uh, the end of this month saw... So uh, a sale, uh, or the end of uh, December, rather, uh, saw a uh, sale take place, the Tattersall's December Mare's Sale at Newmarket, and uh, uh, it was owned by, uh, Platinum Queen was owned by Midland Park Racing. Uh, a 57,000 Guineas purchase at the Guineas Breeze-Up sales in 2022. Uh, she won £345,000 in prize money through her two-year-old season, and uh, giving Midland Park racing owners, uh, unforg- many unforgettable memories, none more so than the Group 1 Pre-de-Labe win on Arc Day at, uh, at Longchamp. Runners uh, then, bizarrely, made a decision to add her to the sale as a wild card uh, at the December um, uh, the December sales uh, at, uh, at Newmarket, and she was sold to uh, Katsumi Yoshida of Northern Farm for one2 million or million guineas 1.2 million guineas which is uh unbelievable uh more than 20 times the cost uh as as a breeze up seven months earlier uh fantastic result for her owners then the filly was uh trained by richard fire officially registered to roger varian on january the 1st and uh Holly Doyle is replaced, uh, retained rather in the plate, and uh, should be up to winning this. Easy to spot the cot eye glory filly will go off in front uh, from the start. Uh, Live the dream and dramatized will possibly attempt to uh, go with her, but uh, with dramatized possibly uh, hanging on for a place uh, can hit the frame. And uh, Royal Acclaim is better than a run in the Nunthorpe, Ben, as you mentioned, and was a good third in a Group 2 contest at Longchamp in September. But it'll be all about the Platinum Queen tomorrow for me in the Temple Stakes, the Group 2 over five furlongs in the uh, 330 at Haydock. All right, time for top, middle and bottom. Here we go. (laughs) Top, middle and bottom. And the usual rules apply from us both. So uh, it's a £1 Trixie, uh, £4 in total. And <laughs> Ben, it's uh, over to you. An update from last week. I'm clinging on. My profit isn't even a pint now.
1: Yeah, I might be in some places in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. Um, Last week, Donnie, one winner, two losers, minus four points. Uh, Myself, three losers, minus four points. The running totals are now Tony plus 2.72, which might get you a pint in the Dumbarton Clubhouse.
0: (laughs) Dumbarton Clubhouse.
1: You never know, Tony. Fantastic. We'll make a visit one day and find out. Um myself <laughs> plus 42.16. Uh, this week we've had to have a bit of a mash-up. And yeah, I also, yeah. also had to explain to yourself, Tony, about why the Scottish league yes. does the stupid thing in splits in half.
0: Yes, yes. I'm, I'm, not forgo- I I'm sorry, mate. I forgot what you were telling me as well now. <laughs> so i don't, don't worry. trying it's to explain just, the Scottish Premiership Championship round. But uh, can you just give a, a quick shout out to uh, Chris McLeod as well, who's a big fan of this. Uh, I think he asked you on Twitter what was happening um, when at the end of the season because he loves top, middle and bottom uh, so much. And he also has a great podcast out as uh, Chris McLeod as well, uh, which is called The Vinyl Podcast. The Vinyl Podcast. Have a look for that for new and unsigned bands on there. Uh, quick plug for Chris. There you go. Moving on. Sorry, Ben.
1: Good stuff. <laughs> okay, so this week uh, we are looking at top Scottish Premier Championship round Middle Scottish Premier relegation round <laughs> and bottom our favourites, the Scottish Championship playoff. So I'll start, and it is, as I said, the top Scottish Premier Championship round. I'm not going to explain it, everyone, it's the top six. Um, and I am going for Aberdeen to beat Celtic at 15 to 1. I've gone mental. Aberdeen, right? years fast. Aberdeen, don't Ness. beat Celtic. Ness. <laughs> Uh, I'm an Aberdeen fan. and nurse even called a long time ago, mate. Um, Aberdeen, right, they don't beat Celic It's just I think it's an unwritten rule in Scottish football. It just doesn't happen. The last 20 meetings between the two, Celtic have won 17. See them with a draw, but but Tony, if Aberdeen are ever going to get one on the board against Selig, <laughs> then this could be it. Celtic have clearly shuffled down the gears since they secured the league. They've lost two of their last three. They've only won one in the last five. They look to have one eye on the Scottish Cup final against Inverness Caledonian next weekend. They'll be gunning for I don't another travel. I've lost track of how many travel Celtic have won in recent times. Uh, Aberdeen secured their European place midweek, so they'll be in a bit of a high right now. And I am going to take the Dandy Dons to cause a massive upset and nail the win at 15 to one. So Aberdeen to beat Celtic. Um, in the top middle Scottish Premier relegation round. Livingston to beat St. Johnston at twenty-three to ten. Livingston have had St. Johnston's measure this season. They won all three meetings so far. They could still finish seventh, so top of the bottom lot. Um they need more to lose. St Johnston they're guaranteed ninth or tenth. Clear relegation won't go in the relegation playoff either. So I can't see St Johnston being up for the match much, and I will take Livingston to make it four wins out of four this season by beating St Johnston. Now the bottom Scottish Championship playoff, Partick Thistle to beat Air United at 27 to 10. Partick were very good last weekend. I guess they are really, really good, Convinced the winners, and they're just they're in bouncing form right now. They've won their last three. They've scored 11 in the process. They've only lost one of their last 16. Air have only won two of the last seven, scraped those wins by a single goal margin. Uh, and Partick have also won six of the last nine meetings with Air. So, Partick for the win to seal their playoff spot against whatever team finishes 11th in the Premier League. Confusing, very much so. But I am going for Aberdeen, Livingston, and Partick. What have you got, Tony?
0: So, so the top six in the Premiership. No, it doesn't matter. All right, oh, I'm going to go for. Uh, I need to cling on to this profit to finish the season off. Uh, Celtic to beat Aberdeen, um, which, which is unfortunately one to five. But as I say, I am on plus two point seven two points at the moment. I need to cling on uh, to this profit. And uh, in the middle, uh, Motherwell to beat Dundee United, nineteen to twenty. And I think Air will beat Partick this, actually. I don't think they'll get back. I think, are they 3-0 down, Ben, I think, from the first yes. 3 like? down, yeah. 3-0. Yeah, they're not going to... I don't think they'll claw that back. I don't think they'll uh, do a Sheffield Wednesday and Peterborough, but uh, I think Ayr could beat um, Partick by maybe one or two goals, uh, or 2-1 or something, 26-19. to 19. I'll give uh, Air a shout there. So Ayr, uh, 26-19, Motherwell... Uh, nineteen to twenty, and Celtic one, one to five, pushing the boat out there a bit. All right, Ben. Uh, part three of the uh, Podblast here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all your support over the weeks. Uh, the three forty at the Curragh is the Irish two thousand guineas Group One Classic over a mile. Ben, your thoughts.
1: Yeah, decent looking renewal here, I thought. Uh, the second, third, and fourth from Newmarket all rock up to take an Irish version. Some trends to consider. The last 15 winners all ran in a Class 1 race last time out. All had one are placed on one of their last two UK or Irish starts. All made their racecourse debut as a two-year-old over six furlongs or seven furlongs. And all were rated 106 or higher. Uh, I'd be looking at a short list of High Royal Proud and Regal and Cairo. And Paddington, also, he just misses out on the official ratings trend. So it'd be tough to give him a trends negative there. So i like stick Paddington on the list as well. Also worth noting, 15 of the last 22 winners, ignoring the 2020 COVID year where stuff have moved about, it's 15 of the last 22 Irish Guineas winners ran in the 2000 Guineas in Newmarket on their last start, which would be Royal Scotsman, High Royal, Galleron in Charon taking that route this year. High Royal, he ran a monster race to Newmarket at a massive price, although I think in hindsight it was maybe more his price rather than his performance that was a surprise that day. He clearly should not have been 125 to one shot. Uh, I think he should be a big player here in the Irish version. Uh, Arsene Murphy keeps the ride. Proud and Regal. He was a beaten fave in the Derby trial at Leperstown last time out. Now he probably was a non-stayer that day, so I get why they drop him back to the mile here. He does also have Group One form to his name. He won a Group One in France on his final start at a two-year-old and finished second in the railway stakes at Curra on the start before that. So he's got the class. Um he's a son sort of Galileo out of a Denhill mare, so he's also got the right breeding for the task in hand. So I can see Proud and Regal running a big race. And Paddington, he looks the main Aidan O'Brien hope in this. He's the Mount of Ryan Moore. He holds an array of Group 1 entries after this. He's in the Derby, the St. James's Palace Stakes, the Irish Derby, the Coral Eclipse, the Irish Champions Stakes. He's also in the Arc. So they either think he's going to be a really adaptable sort, or they have literally no idea what he is. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's not unusual for an O'Brien horse to have those nice but it's wide-ranging for Paddington. Um, and he is a little bit of an unusual type because he, he returned on a handicap this season at Nays, and he's maybe not the easiest one to get a proper grip on, but it is well worth noting that Aidan O'Brien has won the Irish 2000 Guineas 11 times, and 10 of them had previously won at Curra before winning the Irish 2000 Guineas. Mm. Those 10 that had previously won at Curra also had one or two starts in the current season prior to winning this. And Paddington is the only one of the O'Brien runners to fit that stat this year. So Aidan O'Brien, he's had 29 runners in Irish 2000 Guineas, that previously won a race at Curra, and then came into this race of one or two seasonal starts. Of those 29, 10 won the Guineas, 10 others had placed. So there are certainly stats positives for Paddington. He's very similar to other winners of the 2000 guineas from o'brien yard and i will be siding with paddington and high royal in this one tony what have you got
0: uh i've got on my shortlist royal scotsman uh cairo uh paddington and bold discovery for uh trainer jessica harrington now royal scotsman tossed my list then but uh i've got no interest in him at the price uh i'd absolutely go with you with paddington more appealing than around 5-1, Five to one, and I will be playing uh, Paddington. I was confident of uh, playing Paddington anyway, but you've convinced me even more now. So uh, definitely, playing Paddington has uh, done nothing wrong in three wins on soft and heavy ground, and his price. It may be affected by his disappointing effort on career debut at Ascot on good ground, um, but I'm pretty sure he'll get he'll get the good ground. It may well have been his uh, his debut uh, taking over him there, but. Uh, uh, we'll forgive him that And he has won uh, three He's uh, three races since uh, Cairo is interesting Aidan O'Brien That looks big at uh, at around 12 to 1 at the minute While ball discovery um, for Jessica Harrington Is far too big at 40 to 1 She's had a couple of uh, Now many other people say Oh Jessica Harrington in scintillating form at the minute which well, she's not She's not. You're not going to get that off me. Yes, she did have a lovely double uh, at a uh, couple of Friday. Well, last Friday actually, the nineteenth of May, in the um, the uh, Michael Seeley Memorial Philly Stakes at York, uh, winning a fourteen to one and Yashin uh winning at 14 to 1 the same day in a group 3 contest at uh, Leopardstown. So yeah, a good Friday but uh, she's had a, a plenty beaten since so you know don't go steaming in or anything at the uh, the 40 to 1 it's just a little bit of a fun bet in the 2000 guineas. She has had a one winner since uh, uh from a whole host going to post uh that was on the 23rd of May at Galran Park uh Sean winning a class 5 uh, handicap. Uh, with 16 runners in it uh, winning at 17-2 to so that was quite fancied but uh, yeah she's uh, don't let anybody say that, uh, or tell you that Jessie Arrington is in scintillating form at the moment which they will do you'll hear it you'll hear it And uh, but uh, given that she did have a, uh, a decent double last Friday uh, it might be worth having a little bit of a check on that bold discovery for Jessie Arrington uh, which looks a little bit big at to one but uh, obviously won't be winning the uh, Irish two. Two thousand guineas, I'll be going with uh, Ben and Paddington. Uh, more, I just want to snigger when you say Paddington, Paddington, as <laughs> uh, more appealing around uh, five to one and Cairo. Uh, again for Aidan O'Brien at, uh, looks a bit bigger 12 to 1 so uh, uh, going with you thanks very much Ben uh, thanks uh, for listening to the latest edition of the Racing Pod Blast. remember if you're early rising you can catch me on Epic Radio weekdays between 5 and 7am and you can get more from Ben on NarrowingTheField.co.uk. NarrowingTheField.co.uk. until next week it's thanks from us uh, thanks very much Ben Cheers, it. Cheers. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for your great support over the weeks. Have a great weekend. And don't forget, the weekends are far too short for sleep.